0: So pre-order The Sicilian Inheritance today. I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book.
1: I realized in like words in my head that have been getting louder and louder and louder. I, I love this guy. I love this guy. Here's the sentence that's freaking me out, but not. I'm going to marry him. Oh my gosh. Wow. I've never felt anything more true to my gut than
0: that. The story that you're about to hear feels like the perfect romantic comedy. You know, the good old fashioned Nora Ephron kind. But it's also the perfect romantic comedy for this exact moment in time. Here it is. Girl meets boy on a Peloton bike, but not just any girl, a famous Peloton instructor. And she happens to be charmed by this handsome and adorably nerdy rider after he messages her to tell her that she got something wrong about his Peloton screen name. Witty banter ensues. There's a close friendship. There's, it's always better when there's a close friendship. And then one night, they both reveal that they are madly in love with each other. She kisses his face. And then... Boy and girl are locked up together in a New York City apartment during a pandemic. It really writes itself. I'm Joe Piazza, and this is Committed. Peloton bike instructor, you give these things called shout outs.
1: My soul on fire, Mama Pops believed she could. You give me Fever Doc. We've got River Dog, and she who dares wins. I like
0: it. If you're not familiar with the Peloton bike or how the classes work, it's essentially when an instructor shouts out to a rider during the class if it's their birthday or if they've hit a milestone like a 500th ride. And Christine Dercole, Peloton instructor and cycling world champion, well, she gives really good shout outs.
1: I was scrolling the leaderboard and just looking for names to pop out and also looking for things that are easy to say. Some of them are complicated. Oh, bad, bet. Yeah. Yeah. And some of them are trying to play tricks on you (laughs) and make you say naughty thing. Yes. Yes. I was just (laughs) trying
0: to think of one in my head and one did not pop in immediately. Yes. I was about to say something involving balls, but all right, continue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I saw breathe nitrox and immediately I thought nitrous oxide. I, I know some things that must be what that is. Hey, breathe nitrox in San Francisco. Are you a dentist? What does it mean? He writes me this e l d r message explain on was it facebook telling me no i'm not a dentist i happen to be a scuba diver and nitrox is a mix of oxygen that allows me to stay underwater longer with less risk of getting bent on the way up so that i can do underwater photography of sea slugs
2: (laughs) just go i'm just like okay you know send the facebook message and you don't really expect a reply
0: that is Breathe Nitrox. His real name is Brian.
2: Eventually, you know, I get one, you know, a few days later. And I was like, oh, that's that's cool. And you know, I like I you know I like the interactive experience of the live rides. That's one of the reasons why I was taking her, her class.
1: Not because he liked my class. It's just because <laughs> it was live. He actually was
0: not really a fan at first. Okay. Okay. That's good. I think that's better.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she grew on me. <laughs>
0: like, who are you? <laughs> this It did spark
1: a conversation, though, because I've always wanted to see the octopus
0: underwater. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the reason that Christine wants to see an octopus, why she's so interested in them, is completely fascinating.
1: They can think, they have cognizance in each one of their eight arms. So they encounter a situation, a problem, a conflict. And they have eight different perspectives. Oh. Imagine there's a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a crab they want to get, right? And their eight different arms have eight different ways of figuring out how to get what they want or how to get away from something Mm -hmm. that's attacking them. And they are flexible and transformative. They adapt with, some of them, color and shape and make themselves look like other things. They fascinate and intrigue me in their adaptability and the idea that if human beings could just consider as a way of living that there there are always more perspectives than yours. So we start sharing, talking just sporadically, you know, i always wanted to scuba dive he's telling me all about that eventually he's telling me he's wanted to ride a bike outside i could talk forever about bikes
0: and months and months later he shows up to take a ride in person at the peloton studio on 23rd street in new york city at this point the two of them had only messaged back and forth a few times but each of those times was fun and interesting and surprising
1: and he walks into the studio one day and says, Hi, I'm Night Nitrox from San Francisco. I'm like, Oh, you're the, the diving guy. Cool. Relationship-wise, I'm not looking. Like, and I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two, 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 two things. Two things. Yeah, yeah. This is, he's, sorry, just a writer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it like that. But, he's you know, I'm like, not, and I had been, I was in a decided state for two years of nobody. Nobody's getting in. It's me and my daughter. That's it. I've got a moat around me. Nobody can get in. (laughs) I was, you know, I'm just nurturing a relationship with a rider.
0: Their relationship stayed casual for months and months. Brian was just moving to New York from San Francisco, And to stay in shape, he kept taking classes inside the Peloton studio. He took a lot of instructors' classes, but frankly, he was really taking a lot of Christine's classes.
1: Oh, cool. He's here again. He's a fan. Obviously, if you're sticking around for my class twice, you might be into what I'm saying. So that, you know, that means something to me to know that I'm being heard and that the way I teach my class, is landing with someone who's gonna come at 8 a.m and then wait around for the 9 and then take my 10 again i'm like that's cool (laughs) you're cool and then there was like some just social gatherings that we ended up at together
2: yeah there were a few random ones it was one one was another rider had like their 500th ride or some yeah some some big milestone and then we went out with a group of probably 20 people
1: yeah we just got we just the long and short of that without getting like granular is that we became friends. We became really really good friends. It got to a point where I felt like I think this is
0: like this is the kind of person who's going to be a forever friend. What was the thing that you were like, "Oh, yeah, this per- I want this person around. I don't want that- to yeah. The ease of conversation. Ease. Yeah. The ease of
1: conversation, the respect the curiosity, the atti- just an attitude of curiosity that we had about each other and life in general really aligned. I remember feeling like, it was just like, do you wanna go for a bike ride? Yes. Do you wanna to learn to scoot dive? Yes. Here's all the information you need. Here's all the, like, boom. And everything was like, what about this? Yes. And and this too, and just went on like that. and. I I remember sitting with my friend Rachel on a couple of occasions and feeling out of nowhere. It wasn't out of nowhere because it's sort of like accumulating like water in a glass just coming up. And finally, it spilled over out of my face. (laughs) (laughs) Right out of your face. I realized in like words in my head that had been getting louder and louder and louder I, I love this guy. I love this guy. Like I love him. He's going to be a forever friend. And then it got bigger and bigger. And I remember sitting and finally telling her, I said, I don't know why these words are in my head. And my life's work is about words, self-talk. You know how I teach on the bike about how you're talking to yourself. I do word shops about self-talk. My self-talk was, you actually love him and like you have to say something. And so I said to Rachel, I am in love with him. Here's the sentence that's freaking me out, but not, I'm gonna marry him. Oh my gosh. Wow. I was like, I can't, I don't know, what saying. I'm saying these words in my head. Like I keep repeating, you're gonna marry this guy. You're gonna marry this guy. You're gonna marry this guy. She says, As she's spitting wine out of her face. It's a complete... What's it called? A snort? (laughs) She's like, okay. There's a couple problems. (laughs) You're gay. And he is a man. (laughs) Like, I I know. And yet, I think it's going to be fine. I don't know why. I just... I've never felt anything more true to my gut than that. And... Later, we were hanging out, and we we're in the middle. I don't know. We were talking about food or something, recipes, and
0: I say we, we got to talk. Tell your reaction. Yeah, Brian. Yeah, Brian. <laughs> we're also, before your reaction, where were you at this point? Were you in love, or did you think it wasn't even a possibility because she ha- she was gay?
2: Well, that, that's actually a, a, big, a big part of uh, yeah. uh, the next part of the story. So, we, you know, un- unknown to either one of to each of us at the time, we were kind of going on un- unparalleled paths of our, of, our, of our feelings. And, you know, I, I realized I was developing feelings for her. And, I, and of course, I, I'm usually a pretty rational person. And, you know, you don't develop feelings for someone that will not be able to return them in the same way because that's just, you know, self defeating and silly. And you're, not, you're not setting yourself up for success. So I, I had been, I had been ready to, for us to have a conversation. I was sure she was going to initiate it because she was going to say at one point, "Dude, I, I can tell you're crushing out. You're developing <laughs> feelings. I cannot return these things. You got to calm the hell down. Like we <laughs> want this friendship to continue. Like you can't, you can't do that."
0: Uh-huh.
2: I was prepared for that conversation. I had rehearsed this conversation many, many times. When she said we got to talk, I was like, "Oh, here it is."
1: Yeah. You excused yourself to the bathroom and prepared to say?
2: Prepared prepared myself, rehearsed my lines.
1: <laughs> and what were your lines going to be? <laughs> my,
2: well, my, my lines were going to be, yes, I understand. I have allowed myself to, to develop these feelings, and I know it's going to jeopardize our relationship. Preserving the friendship is the most important thing, and we'll do whatever I need to do in order to serve that. <laughs> Because I, you, as you, I know you were gonna be a forever friend, regardless.
0: Yeah, I'm crying. I'm a crying. Oh. You're not. I mean, I'm crying now. For real.
1: But what actually happened was, you went to the bathroom, you rehearsed that, came back, and I said, "I am in love with you." And I have the urge to kiss your face. <laughs> I don't. I can't explain it. It just is. And You said
2: not the conversation (laughs) I was expecting to have. wasn't surprised, and
1: And you told (laughs) me all that stuff. Oh, I
2: told told you the whole conversation I was expecting to have.
0: (laughs) Oh, God! So did you did you kiss his face? Yeah, I did kiss his face,
1: (laughs) and I will never forget that kiss. I will never like it's still every kiss is like that kiss.
0: Oh, guys, this I mean again. Like I said, it's just. I'm picturing Brian in the bathroom being like, okay, all right, you're going to apologize. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you just bring it around the other way. It's amazing. It was a
1: magical moment. It was a really magical moment. And, you know, one of the things about the friendship that, we, a very big point that you had said, Brian, was it is hard to make friends in your 40s. You know, in your 20s and 30s, other friends are going off, like having children and getting busy, and then having, creating new circles of friends with people who are dealing with similar things. And your, your group, your friend, your groups of friends change. And when you're, you're not the one who's got the children, then you, like, you're in a different place. So he was like, it is so hard to make friends at this age. And to have found someone that you feel like you're going to be forever friend with is is really, really, like, extra valuable. And I really valued that.
0: I love this part of the story. So they finally admit that they're both in love. She kisses his face. And then a pandemic happens. More on that after a quick break. So pre-order the Sicilian inheritance today, I promise you it's going to be your new favorite book. Brian and Christine moved into a New York City apartment together in 2019.
2: Yeah, we got we got that together in 2019 and then a year later, we were locked in the apartment for the next yes. two years.
0: Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yes. So how did how I mean that's unexpected. How does that change everything? Nothing.
2: Oh, makes it, was, it better. In some it's great. <laughs> it <was fantastic.
0: laughs>
1: oh my god. When you had when you start going back to work occasionally, I was like No. Don't <laughs> <No>, go. <laughs> I'll make you lunch. And stay here. <laughs> it was actually wonderful and you even referred to it when you finally yeah we had a great time i mean i i feel a little bit i feel bad saying that we had such a great time it was actually an incredibly tragic time for so many people i am we're very cognizant of that but we thrive
0: i think that's fair to say you know so many people had a terrible pandemic it was a tragedy for the world but There were also moments of joy and moments where people did thrive and you know i for i personally loved being with my kids the way that i was during the pandemic and yeah there's there has to be a way to talk about it i think where we you know we acknowledge the tragedy but also you know we acknowledge the joy that it brought because if we if we take away the joy then you know we're just discounting so many things that happened that yeah
2: And your daughter moved in with us for a bit. Oh, was a huge part of this.
0: (laughs) If you can't hear Brian, he said that the big change was when Christine's daughter moved in with them during the pandemic.
1: She had been at school in Philadelphia, and it just became clear that, like, we got to get her out of there and brought her to the apartment. Turned our bike training room into a temporary bedroom, and she when I, when our relationship started, and you were hanging out at my apartment, and I like sort of came out the other side of that revolving door and said, oh, "Victoria, <laughs> like you'd meet Brian, he's a man, and I kiss him." <laughs> and I know that's a little weird, where we've been for the last. 10 plus years, but this is happening. And she like, she's like completely whatever. But she was very resistant to somebody in our space. It did not matter who he or they would be. And so he couldn't say anything to her at that time without her taking it as
0: mansplaining.
1: And I was like, he's not mansplaining to you. He's actually just telling you some factual things. <laughs> and it took a little, you know, she just she was like, not really open to it. And when she came and stayed with us for several months during the pandemic, everything changed. I'd be making dinner, and she'd be hanging out there you know, news is on, she was actually interested in the news. And I was like, who is this child of mine? And then a conversation would start between them. And she had all these intelligent things to say. And I was like, I don't even know her anymore. Like, who is this? And they're having a great conversation. And I'm like, I'm just going to I'm just going to hide in the woodwork back here and let this. Wow, this is I can't even participate in this conversation. Oh, that's like, fun, though. That's so nice just to watch film. them. Yeah, it was beautiful. And now it's like, I mean, it's not like dad, but like, it's, you are the, the most consistent, reliable, steady, rock male figure she's ever had in her life. It's kind of beautiful. That is beautiful. Brian,
0: what was it like for you?
2: Yeah, it, it was, a uh, it was really interesting watching or experiencing the the relationship develop because as, as she said you know when i first entered the picture there was literally not a thing i could say that had any value because of course i you know i've never i've never been a teenager or a 20 year old i've never had to find an apartment i've never had to apply to college i've never uh, <laughs> I've n- never had to figure out how to get the cable hooked up you know there was a it was, there was no no value i could add based on things that I've actually experienced. So that that was there was a lot of resistance at first, but I think that that all really did change when she when she moved in with us for those several months. No, we just developed our own relationship and we could have conversations and we would often disagree, but you know we could disagree respectfully and say why we thought the things that we thought and I would sometimes challenge her and press her buttons a little bit and be like, "Well, why do you think this?" Um why you know why do you unquestionably accept this? What about X, Y, and Z? And, you know, she wouldn't really back off her position, but she would go back and and, and think, which is all I could ask for.
0: That was really great. Right before the pandemic had started, Christine won the team sprint at the Masters World Championships. That is a big, big, big deal in the cycling world. And that night, she went out to dinner with one of her teammates, and the two of them were talking about milestones. About what they meant and about what they wanted to do next.
1: You know, the next big milestone that was coming up in my life was my 50th birthday. And I was thinking, I want to have a really significant party for my 50th birthday. Like, I want to have a dinner party, like things I want to do, things you want to do before you're 50. And it occurred to me (laughs) that. I would like to be married to him before I I knew I wanted to marry him already but so suddenly in my head I was like gosh I would really love to be married to you before I'm 50 as this thought is coming up in my head I'm thinking and my eyes are leaking again I'm thinking that is completely unfair to say you can't say that it's it's unfair because you're putting a timeline on his heart which is like an ultimatum of some kind. And that's completely unacceptable. And yet, because I had expressed that I had this incredible this thought and I knew what I wanted before I was 50. And he saw the emotional reaction in me. I had to tell him. I was like, I can't tell you this. It's not fair to tell you this. But I have to tell you this because you saw I had a thing, a feeling, an emotion came across me. And so I explained that I knew it was completely unfair to say this, but this is what I thought. <laughs> and you took my hand and you said, I think that could happen. So in a way, I kind of proposed to you.
2: You did. You did.
0: In a way,
1: in a way I let you know what I want.
2: Where was my ring? Well- <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Is it is fair, right? But it was unplanned. That was an unplanned I didn't know I was gonna like suddenly realize, oh, you're turning fifty, you want to be married before then to him. Well then I thought, we're gonna start looking at rings. Now I'm waiting for a year. Nothing happens. We don't have another conversation about it. And I'm starting to like turn because I'm like, I'm gonna be fifty. Then you were looking online.
2: I was looking at mine. Yeah,
1: but you don't see your quiet man. You don't like. You just did not say anything. So one day I'm coming out of the bedroom, and I walk past his office. Was the right side of the couch at this point? <laughs> <laughs> so his computer's on the arm of the sofa, and as I'm coming out the bedroom, I could see his screen, and I saw that there were diamonds on the screen, like those advertisements. Like, if you look at something once.
2: All the tracking cookies follow you.
1: Then (laughs) there's those advertisements everywhere. And so I went, and I didn't say anything. Over several months, I see them. And finally, I started to, to, we're watching TV at night, and I would be like, God, I would really love to marry you. When are you going to propose to me?
0: Are you ever going to propose to me? You should be married to me. Christine just kept dropping these not-so-subtle hints. I don't even know if you could call them hints at this point. I mean, they're more like very bold proclamations.
1: I think I, I just, it was again, I said, when are you going to ask me to marry you? Like, I don't know how this works. Do you ask and then we go find it? Do you find it and then ask me? Like, and established very clearly that I want you to ask me. I want that for someone who's been pretty non-traditional in very, very many ways. I, I, you know, I sat and I really thought I need to reckon with myself. Why do you want so intently for him to ask you? Why is that important? You know, it goes against everything sort of that I, hold as principles and it, it it's so tied to all this heteronormative bullshit that I am not into. There's just a tiny little part of me that
0: still would really crave that moment. Yeah. We also never know what we want until we want it. I always thought that I would just I mean, elope. And then all of a sudden I was trying on wedding dresses and I was like, I want a wedding dress. <laughs>
1: It's become this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's the theater. The theater
0: the of theater it. theater wedding. Okay.
1: Which is very different than the everydayness of marriage.
0: So you did propose. How did this happen? How did you pull this off?
1: Oh, wait. There's
0: another whole... Oh, keep
1: going. Keep going. Yeah, I'm right. here for all of that. <laughs> Shall I, or would you like to take the wheel?
2: Oh, you love telling the story so much. <laughs> <laughs> keep telling every chance. <laughs>
1: every chance I get. Oh, my God. So... We look at rings, we end up designing a ring together. And the ring, it's a, its a what's it called? The circle? Octagon. No, the circle part. The well, halo? No, the, the round ring, the round diamond is called a... The center stone? There's a name for the cut. A round cut. A round cut. <laughs> it's a round diamond, but it has an octagon shaped halo. And the octagon shaped halo is the octopus. eight sides for the reminder, the the visual symbolic reminder. And then it has, under the diamond halo, it has a black diamond mini halo. (laughs) So it is a double halo. That row of black diamonds on the side is the nod to my dark wave gothy past. (laughs) It's true to my roots. I had to have an edge. It couldn't just be pretty. It had to have an edge. That was in the fall of 20 all
2: of 2020. 20. Yeah, 20. 2020. yeah.
1: And then so I thought Thanksgiving. He's got the ring by Thanksgiving. He's going to propose Thanksgiving. No. All right, well, Christmas, obviously, he's going to hang it on the tree. No. Then New Year's, of course. Like he's going to go to the roof. We're going to go to the roof and it's going to be beautiful. Like maybe.
0: She even messaged the ring maker and asked if the ring was ready.
1: Then Valentine's Day is coming and he hates Valentine's Day. And so I thought maybe that's perfect. So you'll make something nice out of Valentine's Day, right? But also two days after Valentine's Day, I was having my skin cancer surgery on my face.
0: Just to clarify what she's talking about a little bit. In 2021, Christine was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma on her nose.
1: That played another whole. That played into the urgency, for me. My, I was like, my face is going to change forever. Are you going to stay with me? You know, I don't know. Like, what if this cancer thing is bigger than just this, just this nickel-sized chunk of flesh off my face, right between my eyes? What if I have a scar? Like, yes, you're still going to love me, but are you going to secretly have to... In a monologue? Right? I think maybe he'll do it. Right before I go into surgery, so that I, while I'm, you know, in pain and my face is messed up, that I'll have something pretty to look at. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you,
1: these were my honest thoughts. As judge, I don't know if he's going to judge me for these thoughts. No, like, these, these like,
0: are, these are fantastic because these are the kinds of thoughts all of us have. Right. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. So he doesn't.
1: Then Mother's Day, and I have I can't stand Mother's Day. I have a I have like really it really irks me. It's like there's so much built up on it, and so I thought maybe Mother's Day he'll propose, and he takes me to Per Se. People get proposed to at Per Se yeah, all the time. They make chocolate eggs that open up and reveal a a ring box with a ring in it at Per Se. So I'm like, all right, don't get your hopes up. Just enjoy the dinner. Get a manicure, and <laughs> in case, and we get through the whole dinner and it's beautiful. And I'm actually I don't even think about it the whole time. Then we're waiting for the cab to get home, and it I realize like oh he didn't. And we're driving home in the cab, and I'm in the back seat, and my face starts leaking again, and I'm trying not to cry, but it's that kind of crying that's like you're not heaving, you're not sobbing but your face just won't stop leaking that kind of crying
0: quiet leaking <laughs> quiet leaking and- <laughs> and- this isn't this is like an indigo Girls song really quiet leaking right. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love it. we he's holding me but i'm not sure you were really cognizant of the swell of emotions i was feeling i was trying very hard to hide it did you realize i was crying
2: yeah, in the car at some
1: point. You just silently held me while I leaked. And we get home, and then I like went to the bathroom. I locked myself in the spare bathroom, and then I went, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I don't know what you're thinking. All this to myself, texting Rachel, and finally come out 20 minutes later, and he's there like, honey, what's wrong? And I said, I really want to be married to you I don't know that I need to unpack it any more than that but like I want you to ask me it just means a lot to me and I don't know if you have the ring or not I don't know if something's happened financially have we lost everything and you're afraid to tell me have I done something have you changed your mind I don't know I don't know why you're waiting and I've been having all of these fatalistic ideas. Like I'm going to walk out the front door and some cars, gonna hit me in the crosswalk and it could all be done and it will have never happened. And of course, then if that happened, it would never matter, but you'd be really sad. And like, I don't want you to be <laughs> like, sad. I, like What can you please just tell me what, what, what are you thinking? I just want to be with you and I want to do this. What's going on? very very transparently like not angry just sad and i just like heart naked and he held me and he said when the time is right and i was at i felt relief and i also
0: felt like fuck you <laughs> at the same time <laughs> I, I feel that I feel that so so hard. So hard. I was right. You got such a good
1: story out of this. I did. You win. Okay, fine. You win. Um. So then, then we find this house.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they found this gorgeous house. It was an old Dutch colonial in Allentown, Pennsylvania, where Christine spends a ton of her time for cycling training, and the two of them decided to buy it and fix it up together.
1: And. We're very, very busy with trying to buy this house and all the nonsense that goes with buying a house. And I think when it's finally settled, he's going to propose on the front porch, like the day that we sign. That actually, you had that in mind.
2: Yeah, no, that was actually one of the plans. And then we literally did not have a single night where you weren't racing or training or...
1: Or you had Or I was on a call. Then we're planning my birthday. And I'm like, well... Here we are. I'm not gonna be married to you by the time I'm 50, but maybe he'll propose. And at this point, I've like I've thrown my hands up. <laughs> I've thrown my hands up. Like not in a not in a negative way, in a release way. Like, let it go. When it happens, it will happen. It'll happen in his way and his time. And just shut up and get out of the way. And we're planning a big dinner party here and but that was a couple of days after my birthday. For my actual birthday, we were in Brooklyn and we went to a Michelin star tasting menu restaurant called Aska. He finally asked me at Asuka. <laughs> <laughs> that was not a thing, though. It was not like the place. Yeah. But you, you were like, on my birthday, you're finally going to do it. Yeah.
0: Because you're like, flock. <laughs> you're like, if I don't do it now. Hours. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, Brian, I've got to ask you. So it's just, what was the delay? What what took so long?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just wasn't, it wasn't the right time. Like, I, I um, I was trying to figure out when when to do it, you know, between, you know, winter and in summer. And it just didn't find the right time. And then... I really did plan to have it happen at some point at the house. And there just was, there was no time. Like, there was not a single night where we were not running around like crazy people. At all. So, yeah, your birthday it was. There you go. <laughs> That's where we got there.
1: <laughs> and uh. we were all dressed to go to dinner. I had surrendered. And we get through this beautiful meal. And it had Poured rain. And we looked out. They have this courtyard in the back. It was beautiful seeing that rain hammered down during the dinner. And it finally cleared when dinner was over. And I said, why don't we go out to the courtyard? And then you went to the restroom. When he was coming back from the restroom, I saw this huge square box in his pocket. And I was like, yes, now it's time. I Think it's going to happen unless that's like a weird wallet,
0: <laughs> which
1: I, at, this, <laughs> at, at this point it could have been,
0: it could yeah. like yeah. have been any. Mm-hmm.
1: And we go out and we ask the waiter to take some pictures of us, and then the waiter goes away. And then you turned to me and you put your hands on my shoulders, and I was like, Oh my god, it's happening!
2: The waiters were down in on it. They knew. <laughs> they knew.
1: Okay. And then you pulled it out of your pocket and you went down on one knee and you said words. Words. Words that I was waiting to hear for so long. And I have no idea what he said. <laughs> I do remember cuz we discussed it later. You said things about if we could get through the pandemic so flyingly (laughs) um, that we could get through anything
2: but what do you
1: remember that was
2: that was the gist of it you know we talked a bit a bit about our you know where we started and how we were locked in an apartment for two years and how plenty of other people probably would have killed each other but no we actually uh enjoyed each other's company so much and that was that was amazing and
1: We should keep doing that. Yes. Yes. And then he put the ring on my finger. And then the waiter came out and took pictures. The fact that it... I put a lot of symbolism on it raining on very special occasions. Because my father, who I lost 20 years ago, he he had a business of basement waterproofing. And he prayed for rain all the time. When it rained, it, he was like, Here, yes, I can pay the bills this month. When it rains, you can pay for college. <laughs> and so the fact that I just like, I like to have that symbolism in my head that he somehow was like, I see you. This is good.
0: <laughs> I'm bringing rain. Yes. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we like to attach meaning to certain mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Hey, look, it- When it rains, you pay for college. It's very Alanis Morissette is what it is. (laughs) There you go. There you go. We all know what Alanis Morissette says about rain on your wedding day. Well, we okay, we aren't at the wedding day yet, but I'm sure it is a similar sentiment to what it means when there's rain on your engagement day. The wedding the planning of this beautiful non-traditional wedding that is a whole other story that we'll get to after another quick break hey guys joe here this episode of committed is brought to you by my brand new novel the sicilian inheritance this is honestly the best book that i've ever written i love it so much Christine and Brian planned a gorgeous non traditional wedding.
1: In many ways. Like, it's. We're not, you know, there's no religious terms of, like, we're not drawing vows or promises from any ancient text. Nobody's giving anyone away. There's no garter toss. (laughs) There's no. She's the flower girl, but she's carrying feathers for my father. Someone's watching over you. So I thought I'll have her drop the feathers down the aisle.
0: Oh no, but I love it because it's so sustainable. Mm-hmm.
1: And she's, she's bringing the rings. She's like everything.
0: Say things. You do. You wear a dress. You do all the things. And
1: dancing and entertainment.
0: Yeah. We, are doing,
1: um, we are doing. We are doing a hand fasting though. That, that's a pagan, Celtic, ritual. That's actually where tie the knot comes from. Where, as part of the ceremony, you have either a ribbon or a cord that gets wrapped around tied around your hands together, and then you say things. Give it it that edge. And we have this woman, Romy McCloskey, she's embroidering all of these motifs of things that we're passionate about on this ribbon. It is extraordinary. So there's a diving bell for him, scuba diving. There's a bicycle, there's calla lilies, which I care about, and there's bumblebees on it because the bee is the symbol of manchester where i won world championships all of these little meaningful symbols are going to be embroidered on there
0: oh i love yeah. this oh it's gorgeous it's amazing oh it's beautiful so there was there were there were just you know i think it's so interesting when you say traditional because then you kind of adhere to one single kind of tradition but there were all of these traditional elements they were just different traditions
1: yeah. Yeah. It was like pulling together of things that were meaningful to us. Mhm. Mm-hmm. It's very personal. There's lots of symbolism everywhere. Like even on the invitations, there's octagons for the the eight perspectives principle. Symbolism. I'm I'm I studied theater in college. Very theatrical person. <laughs> so very what would you say? Very aware of the theater of wedding, and very here for it, and very aware that the marriage is not the wedding. (laughs) But the wedding celebrates all the things that are meaningful that you take into your marriage.
2: Most of the big, I mean, all the big decisions that have been made, we're kind of in the detail phase right now.
1: Yeah, like the playlist for the DJ, and what songs we're going to have processional and recessional to, and first dance songs. All that stuff. And my dress... My final dress fitting is on Sunday. And the dress is completely... Like, it is a creation of, like, five different dresses I tried on fused into one. I found this sustainable bridal atelier, Andre Ciccarelli. Yeah, sustainable bridal. She gets silk that is left over from other companies. And she, she also, like, out of all of the scraps, she'll make silk-covered buttons. Yeah. It's really, really cool. She has a small table right now, but she also does completely custom. And my dress is completely custom. She literally drew it on me. Drew it on me. Yeah. And you are having a custom morning suit, because the wedding is top hat and tails and courage. I hope nobody was stressed out for that. But it was like, let's celebrate. To the nth degree, like, the most.
2: A few, a few people will use the occasion to, to you know, go crazy and that's let what it all I hope. out. And yeah. yeah. Most people, I think, will just wear whatever. But we
1: not. have one major problem, though. Oh, what is it? What is it? Maybe I can solve we it. We need to figure out where everybody's going to hang their top hats.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we need several coat hooks.
2: Or a top hat
0: table. A top hat table. A top hat table, oh. hat table or a hat stand, like maybe some hat stands around. Many. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, possibly, possibly hat stands or a hat table. That is a small problem to have. That is a solvable, sol- <laughs> very solvable problem. And I hope that the, I, I mean, I hope all the ladies wear top hats too. Like- you can find fantastic top hats. We found the antique one for us. Yes. do mm-hmm. plush top hats in the boxes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. All right. So you're almost there. You're so close. Yes. Oh, so excited 30, for you. So yeah, literally like 30 days. 30 days. Okay. Yeah. I have one last question for you. I could talk to you guys all day, but I want to be respectful of time. And also I get so hungry. This like, fetus, This surprise fetus inside me makes me starving <laughs> all the time. A surprise <laughs> fetus. But have you seen an octopus yet? Under the
1: water? We caught a glimpse of one in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. But like I couldn't it was like poof.
2: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't playing.
1: It wasn't playing. It was hiding. We saw at a aquarium we spent a lot of time. I hogged the octopus window for a good 15 minutes standing there trying to communicate with it.
2: We'll go on another dive trip. We'll
1: go on another There are plenty dive trip. there are
2: plenty in Cozumel. A lot of good stuff in Indonesia. That'll be. That's a good trip.
1: That's our honeymoon. Is probably going to be
2: Go on a
1: mission to find an octopus.
0: Love that Christine and Brian's relationship is so founded on curiosity, sharing information, adventures, and experiences with one another. Before they met, Christine had never done scuba diving, and Brian was not a big outdoor biker. But of course, all of that has changed. So you've become a diver now. Are you diving? Do you do? Have you done the nitrox diving? I have had two trips and what about
1: like thirty dives. Something like that. I'm about thirty dives to your three hundred,
2: like four something. Four something,
1: yeah. and he's oh my god! You should see him underwater. He's like a dancer with this massive camera. This camera, with its which the the lights on it that are articulated it extends about six feet, and he's six foot four, and he's like turning it sideways and going through crevices, and oh my god, he's so. It's it's so incredible to watch you in your element underwater. I miss it so much. And I'm there just trying to like float and not kick up the dust and ruin his picture. (laughs) I've got the little like rental, like-
0: Yeah, the like (laughs) an underwater GoPro. GoPro. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. And Brian, have you started cycling outside?
2: Yeah, no, I started cycling in 2017 I don't have as many bikes as she does yet. Only a, but no, I have a, a road bike and a triathlon bike. And uh, we yeah, climbed Haleakala.
0: It. Oh my goodness! Wow.
2: Yeah, we did that in twenty
0: eighteen. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We, went, we to, went to
0: Hawaii. Went to Maui
2: for a week, and then we dove for a few days, and then we rode up and down Haleakala on like the Thursday or the Friday of the yeah, week. Yeah,
1: that was amazing. Yeah. It took us about five hours. It's only thirty-seven miles, but it's ten thousand twenty three feet. Right. It's I mean it's just like this. Yeah. It's a lot of hairpin turn after hairpin turn and it goes from being like beach weather bikini to winter clothing. And as we got to the top, it the weather turned dramatically. You're like above the clouds. It was such it was such an epic experience to do that together was, I don't It's just like, I could go on about it forever. Yeah. So we go all the way under the water and we go all the way to the top of the mountain. I can't wait till we can get really back out there in the world. Yes. <laughs> Finally on the cusp of it.
0: Finally. We're so close. So close guys. Well, yes. enjoy the wedding and the, of all of it, all of it so much. And I'm so glad we got to have this talk because you, you, this was so joyful. This just made my Friday wonderful.
2: This episode was hosted and reported by Joe Piazza, with special thanks to Christine and Brian and the folks at Peloton. Committed is produced by Ramsey Yunt. The executive producers are Joe Piazza and Tyler Klang. Theme song by Tristan McNeil. For comments, suggestions, or to be part of the show, give us a call at 404-996-1173. That's 404-996-1173. Or send us an email at joe at committedpodcast.com. That's j o at committedpodcast.com. Committed is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
0: Hey guys, Joe here.